What do you think was the purpose of this illustration? What do you think the point I'm trying to make with this is? Okay. That's where you can fill your life without Jesus. Yeah. What else? There's always room for more. Okay. Always room for one more. <laughs> Well, those are some good points. But the real point that I really wanted to make with this is, though, is what if I put the sand and the little gravel and the water in first? How many of these do you think I would get in? Not very many, if any. Yeah, yeah the point there is that um, if you don't put the big rocks in first, then you won't get in, get them all in. At least the number that I did when I put them in first. So, you know, it tells us that, you know, that we're looking at priority of things. We've got to start with the most important things. And then we fill in around, around that. You know, I mentioned that, you know, there had a few voids in there from the, around the big rocks that the gravel and the sand wasn't penetrating to. Finally, the water did. But, you know, that's, can be like the, some of the voids that we have in our own life. Like Marlene pointed out, you know, that's going to be filled with Jesus. But uh, I use this this morning as we look at the theme for today about Christmas is a time of busyness. I mean, it just goes with the season, doesn't it? I mean, there's really not a lot we can do. I mean, we can't really get around that fact. I mean, there's a lot of shopping to do with all the gift buying that, that needs to be done. And if you use a real tree, you've got to go get the tree. Or if you use an artificial, you've got to drag it out of the attic or wherever you got it stored. You've got to get the tree set up. And then you've got to decorate it. And then you've got to do the decorations in the house, maybe outside the house. And if you are smart, not like me, you would got them up earlier before all the snow's on. And so I probably won't get outside lights done this year. Then there are parties to attend and gatherings, uh, both to attend and to host. And then, of course, there's the programs and the plays that the kids are in, at school and at church and, and all that stuff, the things that we've got to, to go to. Now, we all know how crazy our schedules can get in December. Sometimes it's you know, it's pretty bad throughout the rest of the year, but December, it just really, it just kind of explodes and really all piles up. Now, too often, we get so caught up in the material events and the preparations for Christmas that we can end up missing it altogether. Now, I suppose a lot of people do miss Christmas every year. I know that's kind of happened to me um, Especially as pastors, you know, we can be so involved with the services and things of the church and getting ready for it and doing the services and all that. Before I know it, it's Christmas afternoon or December 26th. And and I've just kind of missed out on a lot of the joy of celebrating it. But it does sound kind of silly, though, the idea that we could miss Christmas here, especially in North America. As I said earlier, a couple weeks ago, you know, Things like in October and some places September, the displays 
the ads and all that start going up. I mean, we can drown in a sea of Christmas advertisements, can't we? I mean, it's everywhere we go. We can't escape it. And as we get closer and closer to December, the worse it gets. And it, we're just swamped with it. So how can we say that in, in, in this particular culture that we can miss Christmas? Well, there are many who observe the season simply because the culture says, well, that's the thing to do. I mean, it's, it's the holiday season, and so we've got to put up decorations, we've got to have trees, we've got to have parties, and all of that. But at the same time, they can be completely oblivious to the, the reality of what it is that they are really celebrating. There's so much fantasy and, and myth mythology that has been imposed on the season that people are just numb to the real miracle of Christ's birth. For them, it's just another holiday season for parties and fun. The other day, I was looking at a YouTube video. of uh, Remember the story, I mean, probably been 10, 15 years ago or more, about the lost boys of Sudan? about these young boys who were fleeing civil war and were fleeing for their lives. And they made it, I think it was over a thousand miles, that they made it on foot to a refugee camp. And I believe some of them even ended up here in Erie. Well, someone was doing an interview with one of these guys, now a grown man, and he was asking a question. What is the tree, these trees, these decorated trees, what is that all about? This guy we see dressed up in a red suit. What, is that, what does it mean? And all of these gifts that people buy for each other, what does it mean? I mean, he wasn't being critical of it at all. He just simply wanted to understand what it re- was really all about. But he went on to say that in his culture in Africa, in Sudan, that the Christians there, when they celebrate Christmas, they really celebrate. They don't have trees, decorated trees. They don't have Santa. They don't have all of these things that we use to acknowledge the season. But it showed in this one village on Christmas morning. I mean, they were dancing and they were singing and they were celebrating because God had become one of us. But so often in our culture, we miss the wonder of all of that. And we miss the celebration. So, you know, really one thing hasn't changed since the time of Mary and Joseph. Because even then, nearly everyone missed that first Christmas also. I mean, they're like people today. They were busy. They were consumed with all sorts of things. They were going about their daily life and the business that they had to attend to, and just everything going on, they were just busy with it. And as a result, nearly everybody missed the birth of a king. Now take, for example, the innkeeper who missed Christmas. I mean, he was busy running his inn. The town was full. The Romans had imposed this taxation, this census, and everybody had to re- return to their the home of their origin, their, their uh, genealogical origin, and register for this taxation. And so every place in town was full. And, and verse 7 says, 
So where Mary wrapped her babe in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Now that statement, when you think about it, has got to be one of the saddest in the whole Bible. There's no room in the inn. Somewhere in history, there was an innkeeper who did not, could not, would not find it in his heart or his end to make room for Jesus, the very Son of God. Now, sure, to be fair to him, he, he had no idea that this unborn child was God in the flesh. I mean, to him, is just this young couple, another couple that is, had come to, for the census. They needed a place to stay. He didn't have any place for them to stay. And he had guests to take care of and an end to run. And here they're knocking at his door and begging for a place because it's obviously she has something going on and she's going to need a place soon. And finally he says, well, I know that at least there's a stable out down the street here that you can at least take shelter in and there's some hay there. But he was so busy with all that he had to do that he missed the great opportunity to be an important part, to be at least be a part of one of the most important events of human history. Maybe the most important event. When God entered into the human experience, it had never been done before, not since. Here he could have hosted, it could have, God, God could have become a human, I mean, entered into the human experience on his property. But he put up the no vacancy sign and he refused Jesus. That, empty, that innkeeper was so busy, so business-minded, so preoccupied that he missed Christmas. And that's exactly like millions of people today. Our souls, our lives are just so filled and so consumed with activity. Now, it's not necessarily sinful activity. It's just stuff we do. Things that keep us busy and in the clutter of that activity, many preoccupied people will miss the Son of God. I mean, He can visit into our life and we can just be oblivious to it and we can just let, it, let the, event, the moment pass by. And so our world is really filled with millions of innkeepers. And sometimes I guess maybe we can kind of be like the innkeeper. Our lives can just get so full that there's just no room. We can't crowd another thing in. Okay, well, maybe tomorrow or in a few days I can, I can take care of that. But right now it's just so full I cannot do another thing. Their lives are so full of the small stuff, like that sand and that gravel. There's no room for the bigger, important things of life. Now, Pastor was going to be speaking on a, on a Christmas service, in, in, during a Christmas service. And he was approached by an older gentleman as, he, in, as the guy entered into the church. And the guy said, Pastor, I want to give you some advice. I've got some relatives at my house waiting to eat Christmas dinner. So keep it short, no more than 20 minutes. You know where this guy's heart was. I mean, you know what he was saying kind of an innkeeper of a man. He was saying, yeah, it's Christmas, but 
I've really only got 20 minutes to give to Jesus. So there's a caution in this for us. We need to make certain that we don't get so caught up in all of the activities, in all the trappings of the season, the busyness of Christmas, that we actually forget what Christmas is all about. I mean, we need to be certain that we put all the big rocks in, the big things, the important things. We need to be sure that our lives are filled with what is most important before we even give thought to the other little things. We need to focus on worshiping God, meditating upon the meaning of Christmas. What does it mean that God has become one of us? Spending time with the family and doing the things that have the most important meaning during this Christmas season. There are three basic things that I would suggest that we keep in mind over over the next couple of weeks. First, we should not allow anything, we should not allow anything, nothing, to prevent us from giving attention to the meaning of this Christmas season. I mean, I can tell you that nothing at the mall, nothing that you and I can do at home, there's no party, there's no group of friends, there's nothing that can really take the place of what God can actually do and accomplish in our life, the blessing that He can give to us if we are completely and truly focused upon Him. Remember that original Karate Kid movie? Mr. Miyagi was saying he tried to hammer into the young boy was focus. Focus. Focus, Daniel son. And that's why God is you know, saying to us, focus on me. Give me your attention. Give me your heart. And if you focus on me, then I can pour out great blessings upon you. But if you're not listening, there's really nothing that I can do for you. If you're not focusing upon my presence, then how can you receive what I have for you? Craziness of the shopping season can really easily divert our attention from what's truly important. And we've all been in the trap. And I say we, you know, it, it, it happens before you know it. It can just overwhelm you. And, and I've got to do this. Okay. I've got to go do this. Okay. Let, I can't forget that. And before you know it, it's December 26th and it's all over. Even on Sunday, on that Christmas morning, it's so hard. Because the kids, kids get us up before Frag on, you know. <laughs> and everybody's into ripping open the packages and getting into the presents. And then, you know, we're looking at the presents and we're enjoying them. And then we're watching the kids play with the boxes. And, you know, all the things that happen on Christmas morning. And then there's Christmas dinner to get ready for uh, because family and friends are all coming over for dinner. And then, of course, after dinner, all, anybody, any all that anybody wants to do is go lay down on a couch somewhere and let the swelling go down. <laughs> and then it's evening and we've got to get all the wrapping in the boxes and everything bundled up because tomorrow's garbage day and we've got to get it out for the trash. And then we crash into bed and then off to work. And before you know it, the time has gone by. 
But even in the preparation season, it's so easy to miss. Yesterday, I did something foolish. I needed to go up to Lowe's. Um, have you ever tried to navigate past the mall or involved in the peach jam on a Saturday right before Christmas? Well, I knew I didn't want to get involved over towards the mall. I didn't want to go that way at all. So I, actually, it's kind of my usual route to do this. I'll go up Gary's Road and hit Hershey and ride over to Peach, and then I can kind of get in the flow and try to do some of the side things and get away. Well, as I took Hershey over and got to 99 at that light, I see all these cars heading south on 99, and they're all turning east on Hershey the way I'm going. I mean, my light turns and stops this flow. But all this, you know, there's 20 cars lining up down there. And I thought, went on across, I got over there and going down Hershey, and, you know, just right past Hammett, where it kind of takes a dip. There... Traffic was, from the light at 99 was backed up, you know, going west, was backed up past Hammett down into that dip. And uh, this cannot be good. <laughs> if there's this many people avoiding P Street, it's not going to be fun going home because I have one alternative to this. I mean, who thought of designing the traffic? There's only two ways out of this, either by the mall or across Hershey, and this was not looking good. I got to... Peach Street, got over, got out, got across into that left turn lane so I could get up to Lowe's. And, of course, it's, that turn lane's backed up a little bit. And I'm thinking, well, this could be good or it could get problem. If, I ha- if, if, if we have these idiots coming down running a red light and blocking the intersection, have you seen that happen? They got nowhere to go, but they come through and they're right in the middle of the intersection. And then the light turns, and the cross traffic, they have nowhere to go, but they're going to get out in the intersection, so they'll have, they at least can do something. Now, if that happens, then this lane's not going to move, and we're going to sit through two or three cycles of the light. I think you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Well, the light turns green, and sure enough, the intersection was jammed up, but the lead car found the way through, and so the traffic starts moving. Okay, okay. And I'm looking, I'm watching, focusing the car ahead of me. You've always got to watch the car ahead of you because at most unexpected times, they'll hit the brakes, and then we got a real problem. So I'm watching this guy in front of me. Might have been a she, I don't know. I was watching the car. And I see that arrow turn yellow. Go, 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 go! <laughs> but she didn't go, or he didn't go. Got to the intersection and stopped. And, oh, no. But at least they did have enough sense that to do a left turn right, you know, you kind of edge your way out there a little bit so that when the light starts to turn, then you can get out there. Okay, so we're edging up. The light turns, and it would have been fine, except guess what happened? The intersection is blocked. <laughs> and so the person in front of me, they can finally move their way through, and I have to back up a little bit so that I'm not in the intersection. And so, cars trying to come out from Best Buy and down by the Chipotle there, they're blowing their horns at the guy who's sitting there in the intersection because they want to get through. I know, it's crazy. But finally, the, I get a yellow light, 
and then I make my turn. Well, I went to Lowe's. You know what I was looking for? Something for this morning. I was going to see if they had a bag of rocks. And I got up there, and all they had really was this red lava rocks. I thought, well, that's better than nothing, so I'll get that. But I, on the, and so I got, I had to go to Wegmans and pick up a prescription. And so I'd get down there, you know, how it backs up. Got in, got out, came back up to Hershey. Oh, no, they're backing up all the way. They're going to run the red light. They're going to block the intersection. You know, these things just keep going through my mind. And sure enough, it happened. <laughs> um, but before the light could turn, I got across Peach Street, going down Hershey, and then I'm thinking, there's going to be a traffic jam up ahead. And sure enough, you know where that Wheeler's TV supply is? Start down that dip. There they are, sitting there. Backed up from the light at 99. Well, about five, ten minutes later, I make my way through the light, and then it's wide open, and then everything's good to go. That's how to swing by the church. Because, you know, I didn't had no desire to come from that mess. Came back up through here, and I thought, you know what? I knew that there's a pile of rocks out back. I didn't go there first because I knew, I thought, well, there'll be five feet of snow on top of it from all the pile in the parking lot. But I'm going to swing by there anyhow. Went back there, and guess what? That pile of rocks was there with the top exposed from the sun. So that's where I got my box of rocks yesterday. But through all that experience, how much do you think my mind was on Christmas or preparing to greet Christ? Or, or do you think my attitude was really proper to be ready for the season? Now, see, that's what we go through for, for these next two weeks. And I wish you well when you are experiencing the same types of things. And just don't get as excited as I do. And just be patient. And while you're sitting there waiting patiently, just thinking about, think about this is the Christmas season. Jesus is coming among us. Focus on him. (laughs) Secondly, use this celebration of Christmas as an opportunity to increase your faith. Let God speak to you in a very special way over these next few. These testimonies that we heard this morning from our, uh, the ones who were baptized, wasn't it a tremendous blessing? And first service, Theo Kashinikov shared his. He was baptized then. And then these three here this morning, such an expression of faith and trust in Christ. And now they're launching on this journey. And so many of us have been on this journey for a while. But what a wonderful season this is that we can let our faith grow, that we can nurture it, and let it feed off the power that comes from the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Let's not be so busy with things that we miss this opportunity to really build and strengthen our faith in Christ. Fulfilling the gift list, grabbing the sale bargains, those are all that matter to some people during December. There are many who are gifting out of a sense of tradition or obligation. Well, I just got to get something for uh, for him. Well, it'd be awful if I forgot her. But then we become oblivious to the greatest gift of all. Christmas 
should be a very vivid reminder to us that we have a relationship with the blessed Son of God. And that's the one thing that really sets us apart from all the other religions in the world. That we don't have to just do homage to some great being out there that controls us like puppets and we have to bow down and pray to him five times a day or whatever. But that we have a relationship with him. He cares about what happens in our lives. He wants to be a part of us. He wants to be a part of everyday life, of our decisions. And he wants to be the source of our joy and our peace. And for us to remember that through that, because of that relationship, that we, he, he was born and he died, that we might have life. Remember a couple of weeks ago I was saying that we focus on the manger as a part of our nativity set. I mean, it's, you know, it's a nice reminder of what happened. But we've got to remember that that manger was not the reason that he came. The manger was merely a means for him to accomplish what it was he came to do. And it was the cross. The cross was his destination when he broke into the human experience. So that as a human, he could hang on that cross, he could die and pay the penalty for our sin so that we have the opportunity for eternal life with him and that we don't have to face eternal death and separation from him. This life we have in Christ is the abundant life. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I, I, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full or that you might have in all abundance. I believe that if we slow down a little bit in the next few weeks, that maybe we will hear more than just Christmas bells ringing. If we really listen, if we we really tune our spiritual ears open and listen, we can hear the Son of God speaking to our hearts, reminding us of that holy gift that was given to us 2,000 years ago, that He can make us more aware that God is in control and that He guides us and that He blesses us. I really want this Christmas to bless my faith. I want to strengthen it. I don't want to be so busy that it will pass me by and it's over with before I know it. Finally, let's not be so busy this Christmas that we fail to touch someone else with the love of Christ. This Christmas, many Americans will not be thinking of others. They will be thinking more of self, my joy, my presence, my parties and things to do, my time off of work so that I can do that which I want to do and bring fun and enjoyment to myself. Now, of course, there's certainly nothing wrong with having fun, enjoying time with friends and family. I'm not saying that at all. And of course, we all like to open the presents. Sometimes, some of us in our own way, some like to rip it open. Others like to, you know, pick apart the tape, unfold it, fold up the paper 
We'll use that next year. But in our own way, we open our presence and we enjoy it. And that's a lot of fun. But see, you've got to keep the perspective in mind that the little things, the things that we use to make this season joyous and beautiful and, and fun, those are peripheral. The important things that we have to load in first before we fill in with all the rest is our focus upon God, what He accomplished through the manger, through Christmas, and what we will celebrate come Easter. And then how that applies directly to us, that our own personal responsibility is not just to celebrate, but we have to make sure that what he accomplished through that manger to the cross was not done, as far as I'm concerned, was not done in vain. If I end in my life, if my life ends without knowing Christ, and I go off into an eternity without him, for me, his death will have been in vain. And so we want to make sure that that does not happen. But wouldn't it be nice, though, for us to be able to touch someone else's life with this kind of a message? You can do an invitation to our home, give an unexpected gift, write a letter, and encourage someone. Visit the mission and share the gospel. I proposed the, these actions a couple of weeks ago as an antidote against loneliness. But it's also something that we can, we can all do, not only to brighten the Christmas season for ourselves, but for others as well. So as you sit here today taking a break from the busy schedules, are you tempted to get too busy for Jesus? Are you already caught up in that whirlwind of Christmas chaos? Is your jar full? Is it filled with the small stuff and you cannot fit the big important things in? Well, I suggest that this year, in that process of all your gift buying and preparation, that you pause and give good thought to what it is that you would give Jesus in this Christmas time. After all, it's his birthday. And we go to birthday parties. And wouldn't it be a weird birthday party if we went to a party and everybody, all the guests that came got the presents and the birthday person didn't get any? Isn't that kind of what we do to, to Jesus when we celebrate his birthday and we give each other's gifts, but nothing is given to him? Would you give him your heart? Remember that it was your life. It was for your life that he gave up his so that you might live? Would you give him your full commitment and your devotion? What would you give to Jesus for his birthday? Father, today, as we are here, just in the very midst of Advent season during this time when we are supposed to be preparing our thoughts, our minds, our attitudes 
and focusing, focusing upon you. Lord, it is so easy to get caught up in the busyness of the season. That we can just get swept away sometimes just by all the activity. And in so doing, we forget about you. But I pray, Lord, right, even right now in the quietness of this moment, that each and every one of us in this place of worship, may we just simply clear our minds and, and think about Jesus. Lord, as, help us to really prepare our lives for a great celebration in just two weeks. That as we share our gifts and expressions of love to each other, Lord, may we really determine that over these next few weeks and on that day, that we would truly celebrate. A great day of celebration. Yes, God has come among us. He has become human so that he could purchase my salvation, so that he could secure for me a place in his glory and his kingdom for all of eternity. Father, move among us with the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, if we are tending to be too busy, just get our attention, speak through the din of the noise around us, we can hear that wonderful voice of Jesus. If someone today needs to know you, they need that relationship, speak to their heart. They would say, yes, Lord, I want you. I need you in my life. Open myself to you. Give myself fully to you. Pray this in Jesus' name.